Welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today we are sitting down with another elemental coach, and this is Coach Alejandra Morse. She is the Director of Programming, and she is also one heck of a nutrition coach. So in this episode, we're talking about two things that we help a lot of clients navigate, and that is number one, prioritizing yourself, especially when you are a parent, and then also body dysmorphia, because I'm pretty sure that there is no one that escapes body dysmorphia. I'm going to talk about what it is, how you can deal with it. So while those are our two main topics, you also get to know Alejandra just a little bit better. And as always with any of our elemental coaches, we always go just a little bit deeper and I don't want to spoil it. For anyone who is listening. So I'll keep this intro short so that we can get right to the meat and potatoes. Thank you so much for being here. I'll talk to you soon. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Far From Perfect. Today, we have Coach Alejandra on the show, and I'm so excited. We're not necessarily going to be talking about training today, but I had this thought, you know, I have a lot of people on the podcast who are also trainers and nutrition coaches, but I want you guys to know that within elemental coaching, we honestly do have like the best people. We have the authorities in the industry. And today our director of programming, Alejandra is here to talk about, uh, talk to us about balancing motherhood and making yourself a priority. And we're also going to dip a little bit into body dysmorphia because it's a real thing that I'm pretty sure everybody deals with. So welcome back to the show, Alejandra. Hey, thank you. What an intro. Thanks. I'm so happy that you're here. Me too. I just love you. (laughs) So I wish we could talk training today, but we're not talking training today because what I have noticed, and I know you notice it too, is that a lot of times uh, the women that we work with, and it's not just women who have kids. A lot of times women just have a hard time prioritizing yourself themselves. And you You are like all of our clients. You have two daughters. You work a job. I mean, really kind of a couple jobs. How do you make it work? Yeah, I'm pretty busy. I'm pretty busy. And it's been like a trial and error process for sure. I wouldn't say that um, all the time it it perfectly works. But one of the main foundations of of trying to make it work is having a plan. It's having a plan and being prepared. And this is something that we teach in our groups too. It's all about those systems and structures, routines. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once I have those set up, I try to stick with them, but I also give myself a little bit of grace in knowing that those things can change and I will be okay. Uh, So the the ever um, elusive balance uh, is what we seek in this as far as managing and prioritizing time for ourselves. Is there always room for um, opportunity of improvement? For sure, you know, <laughs> but uh, but even a little bit towards that direction is, is helpful for me. So mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, we could talk about it. We could talk yeah. about it a lot. Well, I think like <laughs> you mentioned having that plan, we have to be flexible because it, the plan can make you or break you. If someone is so rigid that when they don't, they aren't able to follow the plan to a T, it sends them in a downward spiral. That's also not a great place to be. And we see this with clients as well. Maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, if something doesn't go according to plan, I just lose my shit. And then everything's crap for the rest of the day. I'm an asshole to my family. The flexibility is really where your strength is going to come from when it comes, I believe, to prioritizing yourself. So you yes. actually had this happen the other day, right? You had to make a shift as to where you were going to be working out. Yeah. I mean, I could, I don't even remember exactly what you're referring to because it does happen and it happens frequently. I mean, especially with, um, two kids, but also, uh, because of, um, work and stuff like that. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I got a stomach bug. Yeah. Uh, my, my youngest is going to be four soon. Um, she's, so she's in like toddler preschool, uh, and then my oldest is 12. So she's in full-time middle school. Uh, but anyways, my youngest got a stomach bug on Tuesday, which I thought maybe was food poisoning. It like came on so fast. It was like 3 PM to 8 PM, just full on muking. She calls it muking. I like that. <laughs> Sounds way less gross than puking, but like, you know, 15, 20 times of the mukes and then it was done. So I was like, Ooh, that was crazy. I think she's all right. It's probably something she ate. So then fast forward, like two days later, it's Friday. I'm doing the Instagram takeover for our, our page. Like follow me in my day. I wake up, I'm doing the crazy busy mom thing. I'm following my schedule. You know, I, I got my coffee. I get the first one up from school for school. I'm taking her and I'm like kind of drinking my coffee on the way. And I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't taste <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that it tastes good, it tastes fine, but I was like, something's not settling, right? And I get home and I had prepped breakfast in efforts to make my busy morning just go so much smoother. And I was like, mm, don't want to eat that. So I'm going throughout my day. And by the time it's noon, I'm like, holy, holy F-bomb. I am, so, this is not gonna, nothing's gonna stay in. So I ended up having, I had a, a workout scheduled with my friend that morning and I had texted her and I was like, hey, I'm not going to make it. I am not feeling good. I'm not feeling right. And she agreed with me. She was like, you should definitely rest, rest for the gains, come back even stronger. Uh, <laughs> I was like, gosh, right. Yeah. You're coaching me. <laughs> so I, so I rested and I canceled the rest of my day and I ended up puking all day. Uh... Um, but it was like a short and sweet. And then I had planned on, on moving my workout to the next day on Saturday. And you know, I, I wasn't feeling good. So I held off on it. And then I got back to it on Sunday. I was feeling back to myself and, uh, I just resumed business as normal. And did I sweat the workouts that I missed? I sure didn't. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't always like that. I wasn't always like that for sure. There would be a time, um, you know, many years ago that I, that would ruin me. I would feel like it would ruin me. Absolutely. Well, and I think when you talk about that, since it got brought up, there will be times where you're going to have to miss your workout, whether it's because you're sick, you are too busy with work. Because I don't think being too busy is, is an excuse. If you don't use it all the time, life happens um, or your kid gets sick and mm -hmm. you have to do the thing. Let's talk about that rest because- Yes, we're talking about prioritizing yourself, your workout, your nutrition, whatever, but rest is part of that. Rest is totally rest part of that equation. I have a, I have a note in my phone right now. Cause it was like a social post that I wanted to talk about. And it was about finding the sweet spot between like 
giving yourself grace or enabling yourself. And it is a fine line. It's a, it's a balance line because I will, especially when I'm, when there's sickness, I'm like rest, just don't mess with it. Rest because generally if you push through when you're sick, you end up worse in the end, right? Your recovery takes longer. Your workouts feel shitty. You're putting more stress on your body. Um, and it becomes a lot more of an effort to try to work in that rest. But then sometimes we get that ball rolling and the rest becomes a week and the rest becomes two weeks and then other things start to take priority. So you do have to really look inward and say like, what do I value? and What are my goals? And which, which of these actions that I'm taking are going to get me to that spot? And a lot of times it does involve rest as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I stick to like a two to three day rest schedule. Um, as far as my workout schedule goes and like on those days I'm still usually taking some sort of like a leisure walk like have you ever walked with a toddler I mean yes I have I will never forget those days going around it's not it's not fitness no I wouldn't categorize it as cardiovascular training you know you're like dawdling around and it's great so I'm uh it's I I wouldn't call it active recovery there's air quotes for the listeners because (laughs) such an oxymoron. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I like the, those three days of rest, keep it so that I can train to my utmost potential for those four strength training days and possibly one day of cardio. Uh, and then my body can recover and my mind can recover. You were, mm-hmm. we were talking about that, um, in relation to maintenance yesterday too, weren't we in our meeting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or was that this morning? Oh my no, God. It, was, it was today. It was in our meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the rest is the thing that um has always been the hardest for me. And it's now that I, I've truly embraced it because you see, I think there's fear at first. We mm-hmm. feel like if I don't go, my old thinking was, this is, you know, like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't work out, I'm not burning X amount of calories. So mm-hmm. I need to eat less. I mean, I didn't know how the metabolism worked. Mm-hmm. Then it was, if I don't go, uh, and this is when I started tra- strength training. Well, if I don't go, then I'm not, I'm going to lose my muscles. Mm-hmm. Also not true. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, it was all that fear. I won't be able to eat. I'm going to lose all my muscles. Mm-hmm. Now I understand it actually helps you build the muscles. Yeah. And I think that you just nailed it. Like you, you noticed the switch in the mindset from being very fear, mm-hmm. fear led, fear motivated to that instead looking at it like, well, what's what, like, what am I gaining from it? Like, or, you know, like what, um, what are my goals and how am I supporting them instead of like, Oh no, I'm going to ruin everything. I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't, Mm -hmm. but that's extremely relatable. And I think that many people who just get started in fitness come from that place of, of fear or desperation, Mm -hmm. because my experience was exactly similar. I got into, um, well, that's a very long story. But when I started into the fitness industry, um, you know, I was a little bit overweight. I was unhealthy. And I was like, how am I going to lose all this weight? I'm going to Google it. And it was like, it's simple. You just eat less calories than you burn. And I was like, tight, I'm going to burn a million calories. And my watch is going to tell me perfectly how many calories that is. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to eat to make up. I'm going to log it. And you know what? Oh, I'm super winning if I'm going to be eating 800 calories, but I'm burning 3,500 million today, you know? So, uh, so I'd be like bike to work and then a workout in the morning and then a workout at night. And when I started teaching fitness classes, my, uh, I was super motivated to work all the time. 
sub for whoever I was teaching 15 to 20 classes a week. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be so small. No one can ever see me. (laughs) So then I ended up with eating disorder, but you know, like it's a, um, but those, I mean, like I can chuckle about it now in that time I was very desperate and very afraid, afraid of being accepted, afraid of, you know, of feeling feelings and all of that and so man has there been an evolution since because we do not have to live like that no well and I I was exactly the same way I would if I did not teach in the morning I would work out in the morning Mm -hmm. and then if I didn't teach in the afternoon I would work out in the afternoon and then I'd have another class or I would like go for a run I mean it was just like literally working out at least two times a day yeah and I don't remember what I ate and that at that point it wasn't even that it was, I didn't think it was disordered. I just didn't know it was wrong. Yeah, totally. I had in mine, it felt, I had had uh, a pretty rough time with like a drug addiction in my early twenties. And so fitness and like health and, and, you know, taking care of my body felt like no matter how it looked, it was better than that. Right. Yeah. I was like, this is healthy though. So even though I was like doing the same obsessive behaviors just with a totally different drug because it was for my health or for my body or for losing weight, I thought that that was going, that made it okay. Yeah. But like taking, I mean, it took a while to look back and be like, oh, okay, cool. Just trading behaviors. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we've had, substances. Yeah, yeah. we've had this conversation, you know, in the world of bodybuilding, it's amazing mm-hmm. how many addicts are there. Because like you just said, you're just replacing what seems like a good addiction for an addiction that's not so good. But Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can't compare, but it's still an addiction. Totally. It is is a mindset thing. And they're both based from fear, I think. But I mean, that leads us into a whole heavier conversation. Well, I want to go there for a sec because, um, you know, I told you that I was reading the book that you and James based your vows off of. Oh, yeah. Escaping me right now. Conversations with God. Conversations with God, which is not a book about religion in case anyone is listening necessarily. Don't, don't fear the book. If you have some trauma in that area. Yeah, please do not. But you know, I was like, oh my God, this book is great. And all the hunters like, yeah, me and James, James, her husband, we wrote our vote, our vows after this book. Or can you explain more how that book played into your marriage? There's, so there's like three volumes. The first, if you start with one, start with the first one, but in the third one, the author talks, uh, shares his wedding vows. And so we didn't even write them. Our own. we used his wedding vows, um, out of that book. And our friend Matt, um, got ordained to marry us and and he just read out of that book. But, uh, that book had such a profound effect on me. And I had a little bit of, um, resistance to the to the word god i grew up in a catholic family and not you know there's nothing wrong with that i just had i diverted from that i didn't ever like being told what to do (laughs) when when it came to religion i was like you can't tell me what to believe but it kind of came around full circle and some spirituality that book was very um sometimes you just need a certain way uh, to hear things and that book presented it in a way that it laid it out for me spiritually and kind of helped rekindle my spiritual relationship with whatever with yeah which is continuously involving but and what i love about that book and how i tied it to what you and i do is so many people are making decisions on should i work out today out of fear if i don't work out i'm going to get fat mm-hmm. what should i eat today if i eat this full macro balanced meal um it's too much and i'm afraid i'm going to get fat Mm -hmm. 
But if you approach health and wellness with, from this place of love, I'm going to eat this food because I love my body. I'm going to work out. I'm going to train in a way because I love my body. I'm going to rest because I love my body. Not because I'm afraid of getting fat or not having muscle or whatever. It's different. And that change to me, that really helped change uh, my perspective. Yeah. Somebody had told me once that fear was an acronym and uh, that it, that it could stand for uh, fuck everything and run, mm. or you could flip the script and look at it like, as an acronym and I can't remember what the R stands for, but like face everything and like mm-hmm. thrive basically, but you know. so a side note, remember that show, um, with Dr. Oh, it was a recovery show with Dr. Well, Gary Busey was on it. Oh my gosh. I have no idea. What you're talking oh about. yeah. But he would say, uh, he, he would, he didn't say fuck everything and run, but it was like face. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but he said, it was like Gary Busey, Gary Busey, way to go, man. If Gary Busey says it, yeah, fear is a crazy thing. And a, a lot of times when we're, I think, in some uncomfortable situations, it's usually the base layer. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm afraid. I'm Absolutely. so afraid. Um, what happened? You went from, you know, it's hard when working out is also your job because, again, mm-hmm. no, you don't see anything wrong with it. It's a slippery slope. Um, but how did you go from that to then, you know, having two kids and now maybe finding sometimes it's a struggle to what was that evolution? Like, did you ever lose yourself? Like step far away from man. Um, hmm. well, so I had one kid at, I had my oldest Shiloh, uh, was during when I like started working in the fitness industry, she had, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. She had, she was born already. Um, but Shiloh's uh, dad and I had been separated. So we kind of had like a 50, 50 schedule. So it didn't feel like it stand, like I had basically help half of the week. So that allowed it to be more regular in my schedule. Um, and then I worked in gyms for a while and James and I met and then we got married. And right after we got married was kind of when I started transitioning more into the strength training world. I had been when I was teaching a lot of cycle classes, I was like sick a lot, like Mm -hmm. ill, like lots of colds. I had a cold once for like three weeks and I was like, this is, what is this? (laughs) James was like, are you like, is this like normal for you? Are you like, did you know that it's like not normal for people to have colds this long? (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? I'm sick like this all the time. Um, So it's kind of like putting the puzzle pieces together that I was like overextending myself. Mm. Um, and I had gotten an opportunity to work at a, like a hit gym. Um, and, and at that gym, it's called the rebel workout. I started learning more about strength training as well. So we taught a lot of hit classes, but we also did personal training. Um, and that's when I got more educated on strength training and right away in the strength training world, rest was emphasized. Mm. Like it was like, oh yeah, you need rest for the gains, rest for the gains of, you know, it's such a bodybuilder thing to say, but it even, even in that, like of an extreme mentality, it is known that you will benefit from resting. Um, so I started to catch that groove a little bit and then I broke my leg kickboxing right before teaching a hit class, (laughs) like had to get an immediate sub. I, I had like, I have a, a short patellar tendon, which is interesting. So I'm um, one of my knees, so it, it dislocates easily. So this is not the first time I dislocated my knee. It was like the third time, but 
I planted my foot, I pivoted, my knee popped out of socket and all of my body weight fell down onto my leg and I snapped my leg and half my lower, lower my leg. So, you know, people say the universe told me, the universe told me that was like my direct, like sit down and take a rest. So I had broken that leg. Um, and then during that time also got pregnant with my youngest daughter. So I went well like- enough to do something, Alejandra. <laughs> won't tell you the exact timeline on that but you know with a whole lot of activity to do now we've been trying yeah. <laughs> well this is so funny um because we see this with clients all the time a minor injury will pop up they're resistant to rest you mm. and I I mean it's it's so funny the parallels I also was forced into rest because I, I broke my leg but it mm. was a stress fracture and not my first stress fracture I've had more than one stress fracture in mm-hmm. both of my femurs mm-hmm yeah. And it was because I needed to just chill the fuck out. Yeah. And, and I it's... wouldn't stop on my own. So I had to be pulled out of the game. And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I've got this thing, but I'm afraid to rest. You cannot rest now, or you can be made to rest later. Totally. And if you're my client and you're like, God, Alejandro, being such a B word, why are you yelling at me to rest? Or why have you, and like, you're telling me to rest or I'm not resting. I'm not hearing you or something. And I keep nagging you. It's probably because of that experience, because just like you, Kylie, it was like, I had to be forced, like, okay, let's, let's tell you. And let me tell you, when I went into the urgent care and they took an x-ray and, uh, they were like, oh, yep, it's broken. I sobbed. Yep. Like, you know, people break their legs. It's okay. But I sobbed because I was like, I can't work and I can't work out. And I, what am I going to do? And I even tried training. Like, a few, I was okay. I was, I had to sit in a wheelchair and teach classes because I had dislocated my knee. So my knee was all fucked up too. So I couldn't, excuse my French. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's welcome here. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, so I couldn't do like a knee scooter thing. Uh-huh. So I had to rent a wheelchair. So I was like in a wheelchair teaching hit classes. I don't know. We made it work. I loved the work out there. Just like they worked with me. Yeah. Um, but so then one time I'm like in there doing battle ropes in my wheelchair. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm such a badass. Look at me. I can still train. So still not getting it. Still, still not, not getting, getting it. it. Yeah. And uh, that night I was so fucking tired. <laughs> and I was so tired. Who? I can't even remember who. It was probably James, my husband, or maybe one of the trainers I worked with. And they were like, maybe you should be resting. So. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. I'm totally exhausted. My body was not ready to do battle ropes. What am I, what am I doing? So anyways, I'll, I guess the long story short is that I learned the lesson a lot, the tough way, a lot. And, and that's the deal. You know, I, I always say some people are going to have to learn it the hard way. Yeah. Some people are not going to listen to us and think that it applies to them. Or it, the fear is too strong. The They're just like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And that's okay because you Mm -hmm. will eventually learn the lesson one way or another. Mm -hmm. We all learn our own ways. Yeah, totally. Do you feel that um, there's any worthiness that gets wrapped up in prioritizing oneself um, versus, you know, just being a mother? Do you see that with clients? Have you felt that with yourself or overcome Uh... feelings of... Like, yeah, with worthiness. I mean, I'll even if you ask any of my friends, I struggle with 
guilt surrounding taking time away from my kids. Like that is a big struggle area for me, for sure. Area of opportunity. We've, I'm sure what programs are that? I can't remember, but um, I struggle really hard with that. So to be able to have gotten to the point where like, I, I look at my week, I schedule my workouts. I make time for prep on either Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. It doesn't matter. You don't have to prep on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, like being able to do those things regularly without guilt feels like a huge accomplishment for me. Mm -hmm. So, but I still struggle with like making plans with friends or, you know, going on a trip without my kids or relying on somebody else. And especially I think my older one's a little bit more self-sufficient now. I worry about her less, but having the younger one, it just like looking at it in the big picture is probably control thing, right? I want to be in charge. I want to make sure that I know everything's safe Mm -hmm. or whatever. But, um, is that what you mean by like, sometimes I, I wonder like, um, you know, why is it? Why is it that we have a hard time prioritizing ourselves? Not everyone, not everyone has the problem with it, but those that mm-hmm. do, I just want to like help everyone see like what might be really holding me back here. Is it really, I'm that busy or is it, I don't think I'm worth my own time or is there guilt around, mm-hmm. you know, just wanted to like have that conversation. And I think yeah, you totally. nail on the head. I mean, a lot of it is that we don't want yeah, to. Totally. I think that I know, I know that how lifting makes me feel like something, some analogy that people use a lot is like the airplane manual, right? Like you got to put, you got to put on your face mask first, your oxygen mask or whatever, before you to give it to your kids. Because if you don't put on yours then you're dead and then you're, everybody's dead or whatever. Maybe that's an extreme scenario. The plane sometimes went you, right down. <laughs> sometimes you just need oxygen on the plane. Yes. No, no, no. Anyways, but right. That's the analogy is that you have to really take care of yourself before you can take care of others. But for I think all parents, it's a really hard thing because there's this immense um, feeling of responsibility. Like you've created this life and now you must make them thrive. But in parenting, I'll tell you what, especially with Shy, you know, with my oldest, it's like a big lesson in like figuring out what you can help with and then also letting go and letting them do their own thing, figuring out their own, you know, there's like a point where you can't do it all for them you can you can't beat up 11 year olds that's like (laughs) illegal assault I'm an adult so you know like they have to deal with their own social situations and you can provide your experience but you can't guide the whole way so in like situations like that that provides a little bit of release Mm -hmm. I guess um but parenting is so tricky man it is it's so tricky it's such a uh, uh, sorry it's such like a uh um, intense love, you know, yeah. it's hard to navigate. And there's no w- right, right way to do it. Hell no. If somebody you know? knew there'd be a top selling, but well, there is, there are top selling books Yeah, and well, that shit only works for some people. It's just like the <laughs> diet books. You know what I mean? There's, there's, you're going to find the way that works for you. There is no one way. Mm-hmm. But what I think is, um, also when our kids see us working out, like you're, your daughters see you lifting weights at home. Our kids see us. Brooks also understands that physical fitness is going to be a part of his daily life. And yesterday on my Instagram, I asked the question, um, where did you learn to hate your body? Cause I saw this really powerful woman or this really powerful speech made by a woman. And she was talking about this, uh, dislike that we have for our bodies. And I wanted to know yeah. where you learn to hate your body. And it's so sad. 
Oh. A lot of the respondents said their mothers who learned it from their mothers. And yeah. I don't to blame our moms for everything, but I yeah. my mom a shout out. And my mom did not have a dysfunctional relationship with exercise. Yeah. I saw her going to aerobics. I saw her taking walks. I saw her playing tennis, like regular. Yeah. I just knew that this is like part of what you do. Yeah. I wish I would have picked up on the vacuuming from her, but yeah. I, just, <laughs> I latched onto what I wanted to do. So yeah. Totally. My mom was the same, like Jane Fonda always yeah. doing her some sort of workout and she works at an athletic club now. So, uh, but, but it didn't, it didn't feel, um, like she was obsessed with her weight or anything like that, but I feel like that is pretty common and also just society wise. Oh yeah. It's like, we have everything against us. Like you should be strong. This is how you should look, you know, and there's some progress there, but especially with the like social networking and our kids, there's just always something to like, feel like you have to compare to, Yep. you know? Um, and I think a lot of us learn how to hate our bodies that way. Like, I don't look like that. I want to look like that. You Which y'all, they, they don't even look like that. Whatever you're looking at, they don't look like that. No way. No way. And that, I mean, like, that's a great segue to the body dysmorphia too, is like a lot of times what you feel like you do look like it may not be your reality. No. Um, I, I remember, okay. So when James and I got married, it was like 2017 or something like that. We were laughing about this last night. He was like, <laughs> we should go somewhere for our five-year wedding anniversary. And I was like, dude, that was last year. <laughs> We've almost been together for a decade. Anyways, it was around that time. And um, that was after I had been more into the strength training. So when I was at my smallest, I was like teeny tiny. I had gained like 20 pounds since then doing strength training and stuff. And I felt like I was super overweight mm. and it took me, I looked back at our, I have, you know, around our wedding time, I was a little triggered. I worked with a nutrition coach. I was doing a cut. I looking back at the pictures, I did not need to be doing a cut. Mm. I looked awesome. I, I think looking back yeah. now, but I remember feeling like, oh my God, my wedding dress is a little snug and I'm just like so huge. And I look at the pictures, I'm looking at one right now on my desk. It's like, I'm fire. Look at me. I'm fire in that picture. Look yeah. at, I did not look over overweight or unhealthy, but that's where my brain was then. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes when uh, I'm feeling that way, I, I now, you know, I'm like, is this my reality? Like, is this, is this true? What mm -hmm. about these feelings? right now, you know, where's my evidence in this? Where's my evidence? Yeah. How do I know this to be true? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot of times there's nothing, there's nothing there. I'm like, you hear our client, our clients and many clients, people in general say like, I'm feeling fat and that's just it. It's like the feeling that is, fat is not a feeling, but you look at the base of that sentence, you know, like this is about something more internal going on right now. And you always, always will get a message or you'll get a text from a client. I feel so fat right now mm -hmm. without fail. Something else happened right up to that moment. For sure. I don't know what it is, but it's always something else. You're about to start your period. You had a fight with your daughter, your partner, you had a project at work, something you feel out of control and all of a mm -hmm. sudden you feel the F word. Mm -hmm. Yep. The F word. And then you're struggling to look for what you can control. You're like, oh, you know what I could do is I could buckle down and eat yeah. less or something. Gotta make everything know? better. I just need to. 
totally. and it'll yeah and it'll be this fix and who I saw something recently too out there on the internet and I was like think about like when you've ever really I don't know when is that moment when you're just like everything feels perfect a lot of oh, times yeah. there's nothing there's not that that place where everything is in its perfect spot there's no such thing um but that's not supposed to sound like all all doomsday you know no it's hope it's just, to me it's hopeful yeah. it's just the it's just the reality that like yeah. there's there is no perfection and it's okay <laughs> and, and to me it's further evidence that we've got to stop obsessing mm-hmm over the way that the body looks, you know, that's why we changed the name of our program. Yeah. We're still chasing whatever goals you want. We just don't make it the focal point because mm-hmm. it will happen. If you do the things, you'll get the the result that you want, but we don't have to make it weird. Yeah. And because we know that that's only one like level of the big picture, yeah. you know, exercise or nutrition, it, it, just one little part of deep health. And, uh, we found both of us through experience that it takes a lot more than just those two little things, um, to, to really find yourself in a healthy place. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. what other, like, how else do we deal with this body dysmorphia? We look for that evidence. What evidence do I have for this to be a true statement? What else can we, can we do? We we can look for the evidence. We can, uh, remove some of the exposure to triggers. So if we're like on one. Instagram or, you know, this is a big one, especially with the teens and everything. Just like, if it's not serving us, we don't need to be following it. Like fitspo models. I love when the girls post, like, they're like, this is me fit. And like 20 seconds later, this is me not flex. And it's like totally different because it proves your point. Just like you were saying, like, it's all, it's all baby. Yeah, that's the thing about social networking is you can paint whatever picture you want to and then none of it's a full picture of the truth, you know? Um, we all just need to understand that going in, what I'm looking at is not reality. Yeah, but it's hard in, in the moment because you see it, you're like, oh, that's what how I get caught up on Amazon or shopping yeah. all the time. Yeah, I see that. I like that. I want that. <laughs> I get it. You know, there's like a, and and there's a huge bit of like instant gratification that um, our like society has become super used to. So we're like, oh, I see the body. I want that body. And now I'm going to try to get there the fastest way possible. Fastest way possible. And I'm going to look like that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Because, and I like joke about it because that's, I mean, we're, we've all had that thought, you know? Yeah. So, so yes. So watch, watch the triggers, try not to, you know, you can only control so much, but watch who you're following, follow people that are going to be more into deep health versus, uh, you know, physique and stuff like that. You can educate yourself more on body dysmorphia. So know what it is, like, what is it even it's when I look at myself in a picture in the mirror and the reality is different in my brain than what's actually happening there. Um, you know, you can challenge your negative thoughts. We talked about that already. What is my truth? What's really going on? Um, you can practice self-care and self-care doesn't always mean like going to the spa or getting your nails done. Self-care could mean going to bed a little bit earlier. Um, it could mean, um, okay, prepping, um, some lunches just for the week. It could mean taking a 15 minute walk break in between your work day, um, self-care doesn't mean like 
doesn't have to mean like treat yourself. It must no. be excessive. <laughs> well, and I think part of this is when I'm having one of these days, I will put, I will only wear something that I feel comfortable in. So I'm not going to put on a pair of pants that digs in to my waistline and makes me think about my waist all the time totally. or pants that pull on my thighs or mm -hmm. a jacket that doesn't fit my lats anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wear clothes that make me feel good. I think that can be part of that self-care. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to like go and look back at pictures of myself when I was a different size. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like bring myself into this moment um, and redirect, redirect mm -hmm. my thoughts. Yeah, you totally. About this in the past, instead of focusing on everything you don't like, what else positive is going on in your life? Yeah, that, that used to be an exercise that we did in the groups too, is like, tell me, all right, today, you know what we're going to do? Like, tell me what's your favorite thing about yourself? You know, what, so, okay, you're focused on this area of your body that you don't like. I get that. We're giving a lot of attention and energy to it. Tell me about what you do like. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's not, I like my fingernails today. You know what? They look nice. Not mine. Mine never look nice. I can't. <laughs> mine look nice for you. <laughs> Yours look nice for me. Uh, you know, I like my eyebrows. We'll take it. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a good way. And, or, or like, what am I grateful for? You yeah, know, exactly. like I'm bringing some, a little, that's people get so icked by gratitude, but it is such a powerful thing because we lose touch from it a lot. Mm -hmm. We're worried about bills. We're worried about our kids or we're worried about whatever. We've lost touch with the gratitude of all of these things that we do ha have, you know, all of the, and it doesn't have to be like a, a physical thing, you know, no. people, these relationships or whatever, whatever it can be. Well, gratitude can really bring us It's so back. important that you do like one of these things because if you are thinking about your stomach and then you go in the bathroom, Mary, you pull up your shirt, you look at your stomach and then you poke your stomach. Then you turn to the side and you suck it in and you let it out. All you're doing is like making that wound fester. You're, you've got a scab that you're picking and mm -hmm. now you're making it bleed. And now mm -hmm. pus is going to come out. It's like, you're making it worse. Just mm -hmm. leave it alone. Step away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do have to be really abrupt in like breaking it and stepping away. And it doesn't mean that you're going to totally completely avoid it and just be like, la, 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 I know I'm yeah. in my stomach. It's like break the obsession for a moment, mm -hmm. feel a little bit of freedom from it. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to deal with like, what's the root? Where's the, where are the feelings coming from? Exactly. Um, and it's good to have like a support group when it comes to, or a supportive group, like maybe, um, maybe it's a professional, like a therapist, yeah. maybe it's, um, you know, a coach or a group of friends or some people who have the availability to help you through that. But, um, we can't always do it alone. No. And like, really look at your circle. Like are the people around you, are they constantly oh, talking gosh. about this stuff? That is what I love about our VIP community. It's like, mm -hmm. it is this place where women were trying we're trying really hard to focus on something else than besides what our bodies look like all the time. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's really helpful because maybe you can't shift the conversation on your own, but if someone else starts talking about something else, like how much they lifted in weight that day, instead of how much they weigh on the scale, it's, it's just a move in the right direction versus always being pulled back to people who are complaining about their stomachs you know, and what they're eating and how much weight they've gained. Cause I know yeah. that's the norm for a lot of people, unfortunately. Totally. Well, I feel like it's also been coming up a lot with our clients recently. Like people are saying like people in their oh. closed circles are saying like some really messed up stuff to them. 
like I can't somebody I was they were like your face is fuller or you know you you are really looking overweight or something I can't remember all of them but I just remember being like who would say that why would that I would never say that to anyone and and, you know we're adults we know we know better yeah We we should know better to say anything about someone's physical appearance yeah and don't say you're doing it out of love because that is not how you show love to someone if my husband came home and he had gained 100 pounds I would not say anything to him I, yeah. I honest to God wouldn't because that's not the way to get them to change. I just wanted to say something. Maybe they know, they yeah. know. Yeah. You don't need to point it out. Yeah. You're encouraging the cycle of shame. And yep. Uh, yep. there's other ways that you can be helpful and supportive to somebody who's struggling in that way yep. beyond focus on how they look physically. Yeah. And you just love them. You love them as they are. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to John Deloney talk about this. You do not look at them as a project to be worked on or a problem to be fixed. You look at them as someone who is lovable as they are. Mm-hmm. Oof. I know. Dang. So sometimes we need therapists too. And so. We can all use a little therapy, but yeah. if it feels overwhelming and it feels like it's not something that can be managed on your own, then always yeah. there's a room for professional in there yeah well gosh Alejandra this is a great conversation yeah coffee talk with Kylie and Alejandra. I know it well I know you have a client you guys I mean Alejandra works so hard for us um she puts together our amazing programs which everybody loves I mean our clients love your programming so much Alejandra I'm so glad because I love programming so it seems like a really good fit and I hope that we continue on yeah uh, I mean they're the getting client. stronger it's great yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a great progressive overload program. And I love that we um, have really been able to see progress from our clients, um, both like physically and emotionally. Yeah. And also you guys, um, Alejandra does have room for like one or two one-on-ones right now. Yeah, t- room for two um, right now. So I am taking new clients for nutrition coaching and uh, also through our, programming and VIP groups. I, we can book some one-on-one if you need form feedback, um, sessions. So awesome. Well, I'll make sure people have links to where they can get in touch with you. Um, because as you can see, I think all of Alejandra's life experiences are what makes her such a great coach. Yeah. She'd write some amazing workouts, but like, that's, I don't know, everything else that she does is even better. I think, (laughs) you know, the way that you can guide clients and meet them where they are. So well, well, I can go on and talk about you forever. So oh, well, let's do it. I, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. More. <laughs> well, Thanks, thank Kylie. you for your time, Alejandra. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to my conversation with Alejandra. She is such a joy. And if you want to work with Alejandra, you actually have the opportunity to outside of our eight-week programs. So if you just want her training, you can sign up for our training-only membership. You can go to our website, theelementalcoaching.com to sign up for that or read more about it. And you can also work with Alejandra one-on-one with nutrition coaching. And if that's the case, just shoot me a DM on Instagram. We also have this up on our website. Again, theelementalcoaching.com. 
You can check out the show notes to view our other show sponsors, which are Outwork Nutrition Supplements, Glow Pro Self Tanner, my favorite, it is self-tanning season, Beauty Counter, and Element. Thanks for tuning in. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.